0: This is episode five of the TAP with Stephanie Castellanos. You guys ready? Let's go. (music) Welcome back, everybody, to the Think Alpha Project. As you guys all know, this is a podcast, a conversation for success for the minority today in health, relationships, career, and wealth. And I am your host, Valentine Ewudo. I just want to thank you all for tuning in, and I'm pretty pumped to be here with you guys today. Make sure, by the way, that you guys subscribe to thinkalpha.net, as well as on my YouTube channel, because number one, The podcast is now on video, if you guys don't know. It's on YouTube. You can just search in Think Alpha, and then all the episodes will pop up. And then number two, we're rolling in episodes every single week, like clockwork. So I don't want you to miss it. All right, so this week we have on the show someone who I've known for almost 10 years since the college days, and she's doing incredible things for the community. My friend by the name of Stephanie Castellanos. And Stephanie is a talent consultant. She's a diversity and inclusion strategist, experts facilitator, and grassroots community organizer. She was born and raised in Inglewood, California. And as a daughter of Mexican immigrants and as a graduate of UCLA, she's the first in her family to graduate from college. She's a co-founder for the Coalition for Diverse Educators, better known as C4DE, it's a national grassroots movement to increase teacher diversity in urban public schools. Her trainings in leadership and equity, known as Woke Shops, which have become pretty popular, has empowered over 20,000 diverse youth, college students, young professionals and community leaders at over 70 campuses nationwide. She also serves in a political scene, working across more than 30 states, including Florida for the past president Barack Obama's 2012 campaign. So she's doing real work in a community with a focus on leadership development for first generation students and also students of color. I'm just so proud of this woman and I'm proud to bring to you guys this opportunity to sit down with her. And without further ado, I bring to you guys, Stephanie Castellano. we got the one and only Stephanie Castellanos, did I say that right? Yeah, you did say it right, okay.
1: good.
0: We got you Castellanos. Got the,
1: yeah, you took that Spanish class.
0: With the two L's? Yeah, you got the
1: Come yeah. On, I
0: gotta be cultured, you know what I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first off, thank you for being here. I'm excited. Um, yeah, this is exciting for me, too. I mean, it's, this, this is just dope. I'm just excited. Yeah. So, all right um now we have an amazing amazing we're gonna have an amazing time man. we already yep. spent the last like I don't know what was it an hour or yeah something?
1: trying to not really catch up too much because we wanted to save it for the
0: good <laughs> I was like wait wait yeah, don't yeah, talk yeah yeah yeah. but um okay cool so now let's go into let's go into what you actually do you got a lot going on and we've yeah. known each other for quite some time yeah so like 10 years I think. about
1: a decade yep That's time flies it's <laughs> so crazy it is um, so what am I up to now? Wow, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, so I left, I was telling you that I moved from the Bay Area recently, less than six months ago. Yeah. I left my traditional nine to five, I would say nine to nine, because we all know that those nine to five. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I left my traditional paycheck, I would say, let's say that, to um, first travel for a couple months. I backpacked alone through South America and... In that time, I thought I'd have some really good time to reflect and see what I really wanted to do. Moving back to LA, back home, I felt a big urge to just kind of reconnect with my community. Um, Particularly, I'm from Inglewood. So I moved back to Inglewood. Inglewood. uh,
0: (laughs) We're up to some good. A lot of us are up to some good.
1: (laughs) Um, So I moved back to Inglewood uh, right after traveling. and, And so what I've been doing since is running my organization full time which is a nonprofit that works to get more teachers of color into urban communities to teach. Um, And And
0: that's the C4D?
1: Yeah, that's the Coalition for Diverse Educators. So I'm currently doing that full-time as the executive director and co-founder and um, simultaneously running my consulting business. Um, So I'm doing a lot of really awesome consulting work with teacher prep programs, school districts, charter networks, um and just really trying to get more people of color into the pipeline around the table to have a seat at the table um, so i'm doing like headhunting, i guess you can another another yeah. way of describing it is i'm doing some really awesome searches for great positions with a lot of leading organizations doing great, great work with the community so right. staying staying busy doing that and then i'm really excited because i actually had reached out to you um, to be on, um, yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> to you initially. Yeah, you uh, to be on a podcast that I'm really excited to be launching within the next couple months, called Woke Talk, um, which is a jump or it came from. I would say um, I had these trainings that mm-hmm. are equity center training called Woke Shops. And so it's like right. workshops, but it's like a play on when that. When I first saw yeah. that, I was
0: like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's I was like, so, yeah.
1: So I have these trainings called woke shops and I've done I've done these trainings and reached about 20,000 students of color around the country. So crazy. Um, but essentially what they are is I'm trying to have critical conversations around race, equity, power, privilege, how our identities affect the everyday work that we do for students of color um, on the ground. So like college students, young professionals. I, when you, I, the initial idea came, just really wanting to inspire people to go into education and social yeah. justice work, um, and saying if people really knew what was happening in their community, if people really knew the gravity of the teacher shortage crisis, they would be inspired to be a teacher like they always wanted. But a yeah. lot of the times especially as a first generation college student, or a lot of my friends were, a lot of friends that were students of color, they were being pulled in different directions being the first people to go to college. They were like, right. you're gonna be a teacher? Like, mm-hmm. how are you gonna be a teacher and go to UCLA? Like, you, you're the first person to go to college. There, you have a financial responsibility to your family in many ways, but also you, you're carrying that torch, right? You're, you're blazing that trail. So um, the coalition and the woke shots really came from, from the idea of, A, I was doing, I was interviewing hundreds and hundreds of, like literally hundreds of students of color through my work, um, doing this work with Johns Hopkins University and Urban Teachers. Oh, wow. And what I was realizing was they're just students of color, me, myself, we had to learn how to navigate it. We had to learn how to interview. We had to learn how to write a resume. Yeah. If you look at my first resume. It was, oh my gosh. I'm sure it's, I mean, I, it's funny. I had, I think I had like an email that was like, like a, it in sync forever. I don't even, it was like some inappropriate. you put, unprofessional. You put it on the resume? No. I had way. that as Viva at one point. I was a big in sync fan. But not, yeah, so I'll just say that. But What about Backstreet Boy? I know. Liz, 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 we can't.
0: <laughs> no, just, oh, you're choosing one? No, we're
1: going to have problems. No, we can't Come do this. On. Um, so I had to navigate these things that I'm sure you did, and it took trial and error. Yeah. So what I was really trying to do is just give an opportunity to share the resources of what I've learned um, along the way. Um, looking through all these hundreds of resumes and thousands of resumes. Um, and what I started to notice was that students of color, we started to see a big peak in applications and students of color being admitted into these programs. And so- um, From
0: wait, from what, what I was you were directly doing.
1: Yeah, so we started to really look at this impact and say, So I was doing recruitment and admissions for an organization called Urban Teachers which is an amazing, amazing organization that works with Johns Hopkins and looks at teacher preparation in the way that you're supposed to train doctors. So instead of throwing teachers into the classroom within a year or two, which is what actually like six happens, weeks, yeah. you know, like you're really going in there and training teachers, giving them a one year residency, like your nursing wow. residency. Right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, and wow. They're in the classroom with a master teacher. They're really getting hands on training. They're getting their credentials. They're getting their masters from the top graduate school in the country in education. And then they get three more years of uh say so signed a contract to work at a school for three more years a so four-year commitment so for me doing that work all over the west coast like i was tra- i don't know if you remember me bouncing around yeah you were I was still, like all, still over, all over the place yeah, i was i was bouncing around everywhere and <laughs> part of that just came from that like it was just me recruiting and looking at recruitment in a different perspective don't show up at a career fair because career fairs don't work like did you how many times did you go to a career fair as an undergrad
0: maybe
1: once maybe once right how many times you step foot in your career center i mean be honest right i mean i never did i never went to a career fair so why are recruiters who want to connect with students of color going to career fairs to hire people you're just not going to find us there Hmm. and so what we do the coalition does is really do grassroots organizing we connect with you know Latino, Greek, and and Black Greeks too, and we do these professional development workshops. In return, we provide a service, right? We provide the support system to gatekeepers, people who are literally reading your application and admitting right. you. In return, hey, we spread the message, and the chances are we'll probably know somebody that otherwise we'd have never met unless we went into like, a, you know, like we did the national conference for the Unidas last year and I was a keynote speaker. I
0: actually know that this yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so we did that instead of going to career fair, I'm like, hey, why don't we all just sponsor these really dope conferences of color, of students of color. And in, the, in return, we bring a resource fair to them, but we bring a support system too. So it's like a win-win situation, so right. you know? Um, so that's, that's exactly what I'm doing now. So that's the coalition work. Those are the workshops. Um, and the podcast came from those conversations, literally students feeling, sometimes in brought into tears, really sharing their personal experiences and saying, how can we, how can this platform be a bigger voice for people of color to show exactly. the dope work that we're all doing around the country that people aren't talking about? Um, so mm. yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's, that's
0: so crazy. So yeah. okay, so just in a nutshell, you said, so C4D. Yep. And that's still running.
1: That's yeah, that's we just, like the we just launched last week, the our recruitment season. So we just had we have monthly webinars for our partners and yeah. we just strategize on like what's happening in recruitment in real time. How are we all attacking the different issues and challenges? And so we meet every month.
0: That's so crazy. OK, yeah. so now let me ask you a question. OK, so why? I know that C4D started and then yeah. now you have workshops.
1: I have workshops, yeah. Mm-hmm. You had or you have? I have. That's still happening. Okay, good. I have you one better this Saturday, be. Actually, It, be, it better be yeah. great,
0: great, great. So now I know you. You just told a story about, and maybe I might have missed this, but mm-hmm. you just told you just told a little bit about what woke shops and C C4, four D is doing. Yeah. Right. Now, so talk about like how did you come about it? Like, what did something happen for you yeah. for that to, to to spawn or like what spawned that?
1: was fun the? How did he come? I want to know. About, I want to
0: no, know about the woke shops.
1: Oh, the woke shops. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, to be very honest, the part of the strategy that I was using was very unconventional, and I had to really push back against like my boss, um, a lot of people who didn't understand why I was advocating around the table to do these strategies that nobody had ever had data on whether it worked or not. Huh. And so I felt like I. There was a lot of pushback like what do you mean we're not going to go to career fairs? Is this because i had a lot of agency and like how we strategize in, in different regions and so for me it was these workshops really came from me being on the ground organizing students of color and students of color saying like when i would have the conversations about the teacher shortage crisis and why this organization that's a four-year program versus like a one-year program exists mm-hmm. students wanted to hear more they were like wait what what there's what's You know, 50% of teachers leave the classroom by their fifth year, 22,000 teachers that started today this week will be dropped out of the classroom to never return by the end of the school year. So when students start to hear the gravity of, you know, 60% of teachers in America are white, white women, right? But, you know, we have a growing diverse population and how, if you can remember what what your Mm -hmm. best teachers were a lot of them probably were the teachers of color who really connected oh, yeah, with you. Like, right, you felt like they were your homies. I Miss mean, Collins,
0: what? Mr. Lewis. Oh, yeah, man, give yeah. A shout out. Give them oh, a shout-out. Yeah. Give them a shout-out, yeah. right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Thank <laughs> you shout out.
1: But you remember your teachers for your whole, your entire life, That's right? That's very And true. so... Um, and and the impact that they have is just literally a ripple effect. Imagine like your one of your teachers could have sparked you being really great at public speaking, right? Yeah, and yeah. that took your career to literally unbelievable levels, right? right? So what we want is people like that, like you, to go back into the into the hood, really, because it's not just about going and back to teaching. Like, go where you're needed, go where, roll up your sleeves and go where it's, it's harder, right? You have to connect a little bit deeper. You have to put extra practices, more effort to connect with parents because there's a lot of barriers for parent mm. engagement. Um, so what, what I'm doing is really trying to figure out ways to, to just plant seeds, Right. I think yeah. that's what the important part is. It's not really I don't think one, we're going to change everyone's life. Uh, but if we can just plant seeds and maybe they know somebody who wants to teach and they can let them know about it or right. vice versa, then I think, yeah, we all get better teachers. You people. know, what's interesting that you yeah. say that
0: is that um, somebody uh, I was I was getting some like mm-hmm. some salsa from uh-huh. the store. Right. Uh-huh. Actually, yesterday. Uh-huh. And so this girl shows up. And she comes around the corner. She goes, "Hey!" She starts walking up to, "Hey, it's nice, nice to see you. I've actually got, you know, I, I, I need to talk to you for a minute. Like, yeah. I represent this newspaper." And uh-huh. so, what she was going around and doing was uh, essentially asking, interviewing people. Mm-hmm. And I saw her do it to other people after me. Yeah. And she would, she would type it down. So she asked me, um, "What do, what do?" She's like, she said, "What do you feel?" Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids need today in our schools yeah. to for them to be successful. Yep. And I go, well, that's that's a good
1: question. That's Ooh. a
0: really big question right yeah. there. Yeah. And here's how this. Here's what I believe. And I grew up in LA, USD. Mm-hmm. You know, in LA. You know, I went to public schools throughout. I mean, I did go to high school in Nigeria, but
1: no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. See. So I went. I did elementary school yeah. uh, in LA. Uh huh. I went to Seventy Fourth Street. Okay. And then I did uh, middle school at John Muir Middle School.
1: Okay, it's I know that. It's on Sixtieth in yep. Vermont. Yep.
0: Right. And then at the end of eighth grade, I left the country, but I did wow. come back for high school, uh, senior year of high school. Wow. But I went. I, I by the time I came back, I was all the way in Corona. That's Centennial High School in Corona. So LAUSD, right, from the yeah. age of birth till um, thirteen. Yeah. And I know what it's like, you know, and I, I was born and raised in, in, in a hood. Yeah. So I here's what I believe about that is what I believe is, is this. The government I don't know, the, the, to me, the government really is not going to do anything about this. Like yeah. it's so especially
1: now, right?
0: Uh, <laughs> since we got you, you know, you know, who. a whole other podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So I just think in general, I'm not going to go into s- crazy sent- sentiments about it, but. I just I know the government's not going to do anything about it. It's it's it's, yeah. it's not going to do anything about yeah. it. What's going to happen is there's going to need to be someone who's entrepreneurial. Like people yeah. who are entrepreneurial. People who are going to create either for-profit or non-profit mm-hmm. and 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 create programs that will help our kids with education. Yeah. I believe that's the only thing that's the only thing that's going to help at all. Yeah. And it's, well, it, it sounds good like good that's to, what do, you're doing.
1: You're some some muddy waters right now. Oh by this. Yeah. Oh no, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Oh snap. so no, this is good. This is good. This is a really good conversation because this is the reason why our coalition even started to exist. Is good. like takes it back. Good. Very good. Um so right now we know so I good. I worked for LAUSD for three years after graduating. I worked for an after school program which is the second largest in the country. LA's best. So I worked with the Highland Park community. I was, you know, working one on one with with students there. So I had a really good idea of a lot of the uh, from a very different perspective right now as a young professional man in a management position uh, having the conversations with parents having the conversations with students and teachers and then i worked at a charter network right but i worked not at just any charter network i worked at a charter network that was um growing exponentially at Mm. the same time i was the founding talent director and recruitment director and managed the hr department too okay and so there is this, poly, poly, this bureaucracy of charter schools cannot and do not work with traditional school districts, meaning your LAUSD or your 76th Street, right? Mm-hmm. We just don't work together because we have a very different way of approaching. We all want the same thing at the end of the day. We want right. better, better schools. We just have a very different approach of how to going going about it. And because of that, we are working in silos. We're working on our own and so the coalition tries to this is the I I know one of the only organizations that really has everyone around the table traditional school districts we are working with you know traditional school districts and charter schools are are working together to say it's not about you get this teacher and I get this teacher it's can we all there's a huge untapped potential that we're not we're not reaching can't we there's there's room for all of us up here right, right. we don't have to we can all work together and so yeah. um yeah. I that but what you mentioned is, is really a huge problem in education right now. Um you mentioned government not being able to do anything and that's the fight. It's who can do something. And one side says that traditional school districts are too slow to do anything. They take them takes them too long. They're like snail snail mail, right? I, I like agree. right? I agree. And and yeah. we just need something now. Like we need change now. We don't have time to waste. Communities of color are falling behind at exponential rates. And then charter schools are like, hey, like we want these entrepreneurs to come in and and really be game changers in the community. So it just depends on how you see
0: it. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's controversial. It's it's hella controversial. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even I'm you know, I work with both. Right. So I think it's both can we can live in a world where both coexist and are both working together. But that's like utopia for some people.
0: Yeah. Straight up. I I mean, so, okay first off i i just want to say thank you for doing that because yeah. it's I'm, it's like if we don't have our education you know i am very grateful you know i grew up in the gifted magnet program mm-hmm. that, yeah. yeah so whether You're it be gifted probably. yeah yeah whether it be gifted or regular whatever you want to call it yeah like i still remember all my teachers i said we need that we yeah. just we need it so thank you for being one to do that because you're gonna have to shake. You have to ruffle a lot of feathers, yeah, as you probably already have. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, it definitely.
1: I mean, you do have to, but I think um, once people start really seeing that impact yeah. and start really seeing that even for your own mental health i know that i used to work you know 80 hour weeks 90 hour weeks consistently for i don't even you know it helped to have other people going through similar things and a community of people so i think it takes a village to even for us right as leaders leading a lot of the work yeah um we need time to vent and have people what i like to call secret shares i don't know if you so everyone needs that one person that you can Go home to, yeah. or that one friend that can give you that unbiased ish right. as much as possible yeah, exactly. professional advice. That you're like, man, I'm about to make this move. Yeah, what do you think about what this move, right. right? And so, right. yeah, that could be your that could be your brother, uh-huh. or um, it could be your partner. But right, yeah.
0: So who's the, who's that for you?
1: Um, I have a best friend, and I always call her. Um, her name is Ingrid, and she is just like a badass Latina you know, doing her thing, powerhouse. she's just a powerhouse. Her and her her blood sister, My we're all line sisters. Okay. Um, Jamie, um, anything I do, like if I'm going for an interview, if I need to make a decision on like anything, I just like contact them and they keep it real. Sometimes they tell me things where I don't that, even, right? sometimes they tell me things where I'm like, Oh, I didn't like that very much. <laughs> and I'll take a couple, you know, I'll tell you about yourself. I don't reply for a couple hours. I had to, I had to focus. I had to like good. really, but it's good because you need you it. Just you be appreciate salty. it. I'll be salty. I'll be like, all why right. are you salty, and bro? I sh- maybe sh- maybe <laughs> I shouldn't approach it that way. Okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah.
0: It's all good. I mean, uh, you mentioned sorority too. What's, I I know, but yeah, yeah, for yeah. those who listen, what, what's the sorority here? Uh,
1: so I was a co founder on my campus at UCLA for Lambda Theta Alpha, which is the first and largest Latina sorority. Um, so I was part of the largest line in the history of our organization, which is. A line of twenty-nine, which you know a line of twenty-nine. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, but we were some I mean we had an interest oh, group. I know y'all were we were yeah. <laughs> we had an interest group of like eighty You know what group.
0: I'm saying? <laughs> oh, is, okay, it's true. So we had
1: a big interest group of like eighty girls. We just like took over UCLA. Um and it ended up crossing oh twenty nine, yeah. But oh we were, yeah,
0: every everyone knew about you guys' line. Yeah,
1: Very good. Twenty nine of us. Yes, yeah, yeah deep. and I was a number That's nine, great. so I'm the tallest Five three nine number nine year old number nine that you know, and people might not know this is probably this is Greek talk. People, this is like, you know, yeah, we might
0: you know, get some insight stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: anyway, yeah,
0: <laughs> that Greek, yeah, so that's actually how we ended <laughs> up meeting. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. through the Greek circles, which is so cool. I just think that's really cool. Yeah, so okay, so let's let's talk about uh, your background and you growing up in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know something that. I want to know a challenge, something to challenge you in your life. Um, growing up in Inglewood yep. as a first generation um, with immigrant parents. Yeah. What That's what are some challenges you you can remember that you had? growing yeah. up?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I bounced around a lot in Inglewood to different schools. Um, so I was always I was I'm always like the new kid. I feel like I was always a new kid oh, really? um, and I grew up with my parents, up until about, you know, my parents separated when I was like eight or nine, and I, I would consider myself growing up with a single parent, um, really with my mom. I, after that, it was just me and my mom, and I have three brothers. I have twin brothers, so hey.
0: Oh, really? You
1: didn't you know this? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, it's been three, 10 years, been so 10 years. come yeah, on. Yeah.
1: So I have twin wow. older brothers, Chewy and Louie. Isn't that funny? Chewy. Chewy. You know, Jesus, Jesus, but you know, we say in, Latin, in Mexico, we say Tui. Um, so, uh, and I have a younger brother uh, who's married. I have a niece, a goddaughter, she needs, yeah. and he's 21, I believe. So I'm the middle kid, kind of, because mm. of twins. So I'm the middle kid. Um, and so for me, growing up in Inglewood, um, you know, I was the first person to graduate from high school in my whole family, and so my brothers dropped out of high school, my parents didn't go to high school, my mom went to 8th grade, um, up until 8th grade, so I didn't really, I didn't think college, I, honestly it wasn't something that I thought about very often, um, so growing up in Inglewood I also didn't have other people that were talking about college very often um and but what I did have was really really awesome teachers that's cool hence why I'm passionate about this work but I really feel like I had this one teacher Ms. Dreyer who passed away a couple years at Hawthorne High School um so I ended up going to Hawthorne High which is right next to Inglewood yep um she was like, you know, you can have you thought about applying to UCLA or, you know, I, my dream school was Northwestern, which, okay, I, yeah, which I was going to go to. But then you go through this and this is this is an interesting perspective as first gen was I got into these top, you know, top 10 Ivy Leagues, you know, I got into and my mom was convincing me, doing anything she could to convince me to not go. Right. So she was like, what? you got to stay in L.A. Like oh. you can't go. Right. Leaving home is like what, you're going to be 18? You're the first person to leave home. You're the first one to go to college and your entire family. So leaving to Chicago to Northwestern was not like, even though it was like North, I was like Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. I had dreams, you know, exactly. and she was like, no, you're not going to go. Um, and so she's like, if you stay, if you stay and go to UCLA, in my head, I'm like, well, you know, UCLA ain't that right out of a school. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm really falling back, you know? Right, right. Uh, she's like, if you stay, I will buy you, like, uh, you know, this car, this new, like, car. And I was like, you know, I was like, what? She I get a new car? She I get you. to stay? I get to be in my hometown? I get to, you know, so I was sold. If so, you think
0: about it, that saved her money, though. She, Her okay. getting you a car? But
1: I had a scholarship, though, so, like, she didn't pay for college, you know oh. what I mean? And I had... You know so no no so you know what i mean so for her it was it's just this first living in two worlds right like yeah. you know i would go home um I had to come home in the beginning every weekend because she'd be like, "You forgot about us coming home, yeah." But it's you know, it's this first-gen struggle. Like it's this—you are two different people. You have to battle both worlds, right? Like you're trying to navigate this one space that you're. For me, UCLA was very interesting space because I look white, right? But I'm not. Um, So that's another perspective in Inglewood, right? Growing up in Inglewood, I was a token white kid. I'm not complaining. I'm just acknowledging the privilege, right? Like, like (laughs) so, I was a token white-looking kid, but but I spoke Spanish, I was, I'm hella Mexican, right, exactly. like, I, my brother, my mom, everyone looks, you know, Mexican, right. I would quote Mexican, I'm Mexican, come in all colors, obviously, exactly, um, but I didn't tradition, didn't fall into this traditional um, stereotype, and then when I went to UCLA, they were like, you don't look like somebody from Inglewood, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, I was just so upset over these, like, microaggressions, but,
0: yeah yeah so yeah i talk about microaggressions all the time i know i still get them i definitely 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 still get them yeah um okay
1: i'm sure too right
0: oh you have no idea yeah you have no i know i
1: don't which is but i can only imagine because one it's a female dominant profession
0: yeah so that's first one yeah
1: two like it's not color. to be
0: honest with you i don't you just black men in nursing you don't really see that and no. if you do you don't see the ones that look the way i look no you see what i'm saying no i
1: know what you're saying yeah, yeah.
0: so it's it's interesting to see that like this big burly man is is <laughs> is, 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 is an rn yeah, 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 it's, yeah it's real no no
1: no, no i totally and they it. always
0: say doctor doctor i say no i'm the, a nurse yeah, yeah. they
1: walk into you walk in they're like
0: wait a minute yeah yeah they go <laughs> feeling feeling like, wait a minute
1: <laughs> and then
0: and, and, uh, i That's i think a little this.
1: sick yeah
0: yeah you i can't tell Can you, you how many times i
1: time?
0: go to the know? waiting room sometimes and then I, i'll leave back out because i'm calling a, a patient in yeah and then i'll come back out and all of a sudden all the women all the women all the women in there are like <laughs> i'm sick <laughs> It'd be stuff like that. Probably oh,
1: some like, CPR. Oh, yeah. my gosh. oh my god! Oh my god! You insane. have no idea. What an interesting perspective. So
0: yeah, yeah, or even you know just being, um, just being a black man. Um yeah. like One time where you know I walked in and I, I someone just asked me for, hey, is it okay I get some water? And I go, great. But we don't just give patients water because you never know what they're there for. I oh. I have to ask whoever is taking care of yeah, that yeah. patient, like, hey, is that cool? So I go, who's your who's your nurse? And then she she goes, I don't know. I said, okay, let me go find that out for yeah. you. So right as I'm leaving, she goes, she she turns back to me. and She goes, you're you're such a nice Negro man.
1: Shut your mouth. Yeah. What was your face? Is
0: I I I, I mean, how do you respond to that? I was like, uh,
1: and you're in a work Thanks. Service, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, backhanded comment. Not that was a very front. Comment. <laughs> front no, the, comment, yeah, that was like, I
0: know the tech, yeah. the EMT who was there. He's he's black, black dude. My height looks like me. Actually, well, we looked alike, and he goes, "Dude, you that's the that's the wrong response for that." Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah, he you saying? Uh, like, that's the wrong response for that, right? But how do you, how do you yeah, take that? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I get I get being you know the microaggressions and all that. It, it, it is what it is. I just take it for what it is, and that yeah. sounds like that's what you do.
1: Um, I don't. I, it's weird because I, I I feel very conflicted about this. So I feel like I'm always the very uh, the vocal Latina in any space. Like I'm very opinionate. I hate that word. Like I have opinions, or right? Like opinions. Opinion like bad connotation. Yeah. Like I don't. i supposed to have opinions, um, but I I'm very vocal because I know that usually I'm the only Latina in spaces. Like. Professional, like uh, decision-making tables, type of spaces. Right. And if I don't speak up, then, then who kind of will, right? Who will. And, and because I look white, like I know that I have access to spaces and conversations, and people might let me eavesdrop a little Close more than other right and Low so advantage. right and so i've had that growing i knew i knew, I knew that i could code switch like that and i had that privilege of going from two different worlds right like i can and i just recently dyed my hair brown but it's usually this this i'm actually usually blonde but i've had this like i don't know this like revolutionary i don't, i just need to go back to my roots i just need to embrace come on so anyway that's this is this is Two, Stephanie, 2.0. Okay, you're yeah, good. I 3.0, because I feel like I've at least had a 2.0 once before.
0: <laughs> good. Well, yeah, yeah. it looks great on you, so yeah. don't even worry about it. You're straight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, let me ask you this. Um, what, what would you say is um, one of maybe the worst things you might have gone through that's defined, that has been a defining moment for your life, hmm. that has set you up for today? Because so I feel like we've all had things. those. Yeah. yeah. I know.
1: That's a tough one. One of the worst things that I've gone through... Um, or
0: the biggest challenge, you can rephrase it that way.
1: Biggest challenge?
0: Yeah, biggest challenge that you've had in the past. Okay. Is, is well, different. I just think,
1: yeah. I mean, I think um, I grew up, uh, it's not one single, like, thing that happened. Right. I wouldn't say it's one single event that has ha- happened that has been the most. Um, but I would just say it's a common, it's an aggregate of these types of events, which is really just growing up, you um, really trying to figure, I think, navigate getting a mentor, like getting mentors, I think for me, was really hard to have like growing up. Mm. Um, Of course my mom, you know, was a mentor, um, but I think she, I mean, she, I I know she was a mentor, but she definitely mentored me and taught me a lot of grit and and hustle. Right. Like she taught me that aspect that I think is important, but I really think for me, the challenge was having um, just, You know, not really having anybody to ask questions to not really having I think that's what I'm really passionate about it. Like literally, I think that I think that the challenges have really just kind of fueled what I'm really interested in. Um, I think professionally, though, I remember working um, for the Obama campaign and that was the hardest job I've ever had.
0: Wow. Hardest
1: job I ever had. And I don't think uh, anything else will ever compare to it. Um, So I was working in East Broward County in South Florida, which is the county that swung the state, which is the county that is like, you know, for the Obama campaign was defining. Right. So I worked there in 2012 um, and I remember calling my mom almost every week crying wanting to go home like that's how bad it was right like and i could i thought i could tough it out you know but how long did you
0: work there for i was out there for
1: yeah i was out there i was out there for a little bit less than half a year um but you have no days off not one I had not one day off. So um,
0: wait, wait. So what do you mean? So wh- let's say a, a working or, day. Yeah. What do you? What's the okay. time? What's okay. the schedule? So
1: you wake up. You're at the office. So I managed an office uh-huh. at, for the Obama campaign, and there was I had about twenty five to twenty eight precincts that I managed and organized for. What that means is like. Um, You're doing community organizing. Think about a community organizing, knocking on doors, getting people out to vote. Um, But what you're also doing for the Obama campaign was the most structured oil machine campaign ran in the history of any campaign ever. Right. This man was like his team were just incredible. Wow. And what I would do was um, so you wake up. um, we wake up after three hours, three, four hours of sleep a day. Um, I would sleep at the office on my couch because it would be done at 2 a.m. and I had to be at the office at 6 a.m. to open. So I'd be like, why am I going home? Um, we're every, you know, so this is really funny. So my first, first two days, I took a lunch break. That was about an hour and a half. And I remember... Taking a lunch break, getting back, and one of the co-workers that was there was like, where were you for an hour and a half? And I was like, I'm on lunch. Like, like, (laughs) none of your business, you know? And then he's like, okay, Stephanie, let's think about this. How many people do you talk to in about one hour organizing? And I was like, oh, okay. I talked to about at least eight people or so that I'm having conversations with. How many of those are you registering to vote? Okay, that's you know about four or five that had not registered to vote at that time. Okay, so you take a lunch break, you multiply that by the time you're here. Think about how many votes and how many people you're not talking to by taking a lunch break. And I was like, the Ooh. world on my shoulders, like real. But that, that was, was real, real that talk was, though. That was good. But real talk. And so I was like, so I became, it was so hard wow. because, you know, I, you know, I was, I was living with a volunteer. This, I love her. She's, she was a retired doctor. Um, this white lady, her name was Trudy who had a blind poodle and lived on the beach in a condo. And I touched the beach twice in my time there. And I lived (laughs) on the
0: beach. Beach Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the hardest (laughs) experience for me because
1: it was just really like literally tiring to your bones hurt. Like literally I would like, not be able to get out of bed. I would get sick. You had to go to work. Um, but you also just felt like you had to work like the election was that close yeah. and that important that you had to be out there. And so the the pressure, I think, was just like kind of ate me up. But what now, did,
0: what did you get from that? Like, what did
1: woo, what did I get? From did, it? Like yes, looking back the doors that all opened open after for you? Yeah, oh, man, like professionally, that was like the best decision I've ever made, like for sure. Really. Oh, yeah, I I got the job um, and three days later I was like literally I heard about the job. My friend hit me up. And this is a this is a lesson to be learned for people. Okay, this is a big like life tip. Uh, I in social media had a big presence talking about politics. Right. Uh I was always talking about politics. So I was building a brand for myself that I didn't even know I was building a brand for myself. I didn't know. This my friend Bertrand knew this and he knew somebody who was on the ground working for the Obama campaign and people were dropping like flies at this time because things are picking up. Yeah. And so somebody dropped on their first day and he was like, hey, I know somebody. Let me connect you. Ask me, would you be down to move to Florida at the end of the week? And I was like, wait for wait, what? Mm. Um, and I was like, well, tell me more. Like for the Obama campaign. I was like, say no more. I was working somewhere at L.A.'s best. <clears throat> told my boss, my me- who is now my mentor told her, and she's like, girl, I don't care what, you're gonna go and you're gonna have a job when you get back here, the same job. And they were just believed in me and believed that this was an opportunity that I had to take. And um, so I left by the end of the week, I was living in Florida, um, who would have thought, right? All from really a mess, like my social media platform that I had used. And I can't tell you how many other opportunities that come from that, but. Like it's just really that idea like you you really don't know when you're building, how you're building your brand or setting yourself up for your life work. I don't like to call it your, you know, I, this is your life work, this is not my career. This is like literally I'm living my, my passion. So yeah, so I, people like to call it work-life balance. I like to call it life-work balance because you really look at like your life should become your first priority and language matters. And it's really about like setting up work after around your life, vice versa. Which right. I had a lot of problems with. I don't know if you have. free time Yeah, I you know I was a little yeah, so that, I struggle with that all the time. I think I'm still struggling. I'm just
0: getting to I'm just getting to the point where I I, I said you know what because what what happened for me was I was trying to chase a goal and I was yeah. like I gotta get this. Yep. So until I get there. Yep i'm not doing anything i'm not going anywhere i'm not you know even my family i'm like y'all i'll be there house. soon yep. I, you know yep. now i can't it's now become a part of my life like i have to make time for it yep yeah so
1: it's hard though yeah it is it's is hard it is hard so i i've been trying to do this uh 5 30 i think i told you this remember waking up early rule. um how's that going it's going. I'm. I. It's more. It's going more than that. So the. You know. I was reading. Like most successful people. That rule about waking up at 5 a.m. They're like at the gym doing. Think about all the time that we can be if we have three extra hours to ourselves where the world is quiet. Yeah. Right. So by the time I usually start working 8 a.m., people are already like at the gym. I already had breakfast. Already checked their email. Already set up their day. I want to be that person. Yeah. I just. I need to be that. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I tried that
0: two years ago. No. I just was sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you have to be disciplined about going to sleep early. Yeah, that's the hard that's, part. That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm an owl, so that just doesn't work out. So I have to, it's, you know, adjustment.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. That, yeah, if you can do that, yeah. more power to you. you. know, I actually follow Gary. Do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? I
1: don't.
0: So I follow, Gary Vaynerchuk, entrepreneur, I big guy in social media right now. But, what he talks about is uh, he goes, you know, look, it's, it's to me, it's not necessarily about when he goes, when you wake up. He's like, look, I wake up at like six, which is still early. Right. It's,
1: hell early, it's still early. Right. right?
0: <laughs> and then he goes, it's, it's really about when you it's what do you do when you wait, when you're awake? It's like, what do you do when you're yeah, awake? You know? smart. But you know what? Even me, I would say I, I have some good habits in place. I, I feel like I know for sure before I go to sleep, I always plan my day.
1: OK. The next day,
0: mm-hmm. I get on my phone. I have a task uh, manager, yeah. and I just I do this, do this, do this, yep. do this, do this, and what what I notice when I do that, yeah. the next day, oh, it's just boom, boom, boom. I'm just knocking it out.
1: Yeah. Do you schedule your hours too from this time to this time? Because I've gotten to do that and it's become easier for me. That's
0: that's the next. That would be the next step in terms of a task.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, okay, do this it for time, meetings, and this time, I work but... for this. Yeah, not the task. I've been getting better at that. It's been just changing my life. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because otherwise I get distracted. So I will check my email. But if I only have, I check my emails at this time. Yeah. Then I only check my email at that time. And so I get productive. I'm more productive.
0: Yeah. But a, anyway. We got to learn from you about
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I take little things from everybody, right? Yeah. So, like you tell me something, I'm like, hmm, that's a good idea. I
0: need, yeah, I need, a, I need to learn from that. Okay. So, all right. Let's. Another thing I wanted to ask you is this: is like what, what are what is what are some things that mm-hmm. you feel like people need to understand in their life to get mm-hmm. ahead, that you know that they're missing. A lot of people are missing.
1: Yeah. So, um, man, I would say number one is that what people are getting taught in schools, what people are getting taught when they're in college, is is <clears throat> it's not really teaching you how to find your passion. And I think a degree is irrelevant if you don't know what your passion is. So I I interview so many people. I mean, I talk to so many people about their what they're passionate about or when I talk to people about positions that I'm trying to hire for and they're like, what do you want to do, right? This question, mm-hmm. like what wakes you up before your alarm? People have a really hard time answering that. question and i think that's a really important question like what wakes you up before your alarm most people are like nothing wakes me up so right now in my life before my alarm right and so and it's like it's unfortunate because i think we are taught so much that like degrees get you happiness or a a title a title gets you happy you know i'm a direct you know therefore i have accomplished or even your task list right checking it off every day gives you some sense of like purpose, like yeah. or you find your um, value in yourself For based sure. on the productivity that you have every day. Right. And I think <clears throat> that takes away from the value of like doing meaningful work because you love to do it, right? Not because mm-hmm. of the outcome of it. So, yeah. So I think people really, we, we need to teach mentors, especially are really important to come back out into the community. People who've navigated, people like you who've learned, um, and navigated these really, really created your own lane, right? Like, yeah, what, beauty, yeah so it's it not even like you are just creating your own lane. Like, how do we go back and teach others? Because it's teachable. Yeah, it's totally teachable. And what you can teach is that cultural capital that you have, right? That grit, that like hustle that, you know, you learn while you were in maybe Nigerian high school, right? I sure did. Yeah, Right. Like, <laughs> you can't teach that, but you can teach how to cultivate that. And I think that's an edge that people of color have. That you can't learn in a book. You can't. I can't. You can't go to a workshop to figure out your resume because you really have to be able to um, just kind of highlight your greatness. And I think people sell themselves short. Like we just uh, across the board all the time sell yourself short. I always say that. Like if we really talk our greatness up and we're like, Mm -hmm. like brag, yeah, we should brag. Like what do you mean? (laughs) Like. that yeah. is awesome I am here like I did make it here you know and, right. and and so what like take your selfie like post that every day if you want to girl like you know yeah do that yeah do that do you yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: okay but I mean I feel like you've been you've been blessed to, you've been blessed to find what wakes you up in the morning oh yeah pretty early right? I feel
1: very I don't know if it's luck I hate to use the word luck but a part of it is a little bit of luck a little bit of luck a little bit and I wouldn't even say I'm lucky. I'm born on Friday the 13th on a full moon. You know, um, <laughs> I will use luck, Mary. You know, and I'm an Aquarius on top of that. So if you don't know Aquarius is. And I'm Aquarius, rising it. Aquarius. For all those folks listening who are like into astrology, my ascendant sign is an Aquarius therefore I'm the most Aquarius person you'll ever meet. Like, like the Aquarius. I'm hella of... Aquarius. Like, oh, oh. I am the, well, yeah. So if you love Aquariuses, you know, yeah. I mean, who doesn't though? But, okay, but I'm getting a little biased now. Anyway, what was, <laughs> what was the question? What was the question? I forgot the question. <laughs>
0: well, no, I, I, it was, what it was, was, was a, it? A, the question. The question was, I said, you were blessed. You were blessed to find um, that for you
1: though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think, and like I said, I, I look back at it now um, and I think, did I? Because I would have never thought I would be doing this work. Like, never. Mm. I wanted to be an astronaut growing up. Uh, like, I, uh, legit. Like I legit wanted to be an astronaut. This wasn't like, no, I was like, I'm going to go to space camp. Like, this is going to, you know. Um, but I've always been one of those people that whatever I'm into, I'm into it like, I'm enthralled, like 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, whether I'm an NSYNC fan, I, I am the most Gosh. hardcore NSYNC fan. I was like waiting, camping out for tickets. I was just in Timberlake for Halloween. Like, no, you weren't. Yeah. I, I, have, <laughs> wow. I have, yeah, I have receipts. I wow. can show you. Um, so, whatever it is, I go 100%. And I think when I was younger, it was a setup for what I'm doing now, which is like this human capital recruitment talent space because. You know, i I told you this earlier and I'll say I won't even be ashamed of it when I was in college. I did like college I was a club promoter for a little bit, right? Like <laughs> <turn> what? Up. <laughs> right? But you can have this sophista ratchet type of like yeah. why can't why can't we be intellectuals yeah. and have fun? Like why can't we do both? It's
0: called being well rounded. That's I think, you're I think
1: yeah. somebody in one of my workshops used girl you are Bougetto. She said
0: <laughs> I've heard that one what <laughs> yeah. wow
1: so I was like hashtag Bougetto yeah. because you know and miles has a sophista ratchet moving going on so um, yep yeah so I advocate I'm all for the sophista ratchet you know being intellectual being you know owning your own lane creating it um, hustling and at the same time being able to have fun and be social and still be you, right? Like, I'm still Stephanie from Inglewood, right? The block. I'm still Stephanie yeah, I'm still Stephanie from the block.
0: Steph from the block. <laughs> Steph
1: from the block. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's,
0: that's, that's great. Yeah. What, and, and uh, you know, you, now, for people who are listening, right? Yeah. Because let's just be honest. Yeah. You finding what you found and in being involved in this and in your 20s and finding mm-hmm. that you're not like most people. Yeah. So, if someone, let's say, if my a friend of mine who's in her, her mid twenties okay. came to you, she goes, "Yeah, I'm lost."
1: Yeah, I do career what do coaching. Do. What do I do? Yeah. What do What do I do? Yeah. Um, what
0: What do you have for?
1: Them? Yeah, I think. So there's two two types of people that come in that space. I think one is. Um, I've been doing this work and it's just not fulfilling for me, right? So you found something that you're like maybe good at or something that you're like excelling in. Um, so it's hard to let go of that because you're like, oh, I mean, it pays my check t- It gives me, you know, pays my bills, you know, mm-hmm. it's not terrible, you know. Um, um, and then you have other people who are like, you know, I just I'm not living my life purpose. I know it for a fact. I, I'm frustrated. I don't want to be in this space. Um I you know I hate going to work and that that feeling I've had at one point right like I remember having a feeling where I'm like oh do I really have to be here um I would say one of the biggest things is to really sit there and reflect for me I put in practices to to really tap into what I'm really passionate about so these are like, I meditate very often. So I that's, think that's one of your that's, practices. That's one of my practices. And I'm not saying that's going to give you, enlighten you with what exactly your purpose is in uh-huh. life, but I think one of it is really being able to sit with yourself and reflect and understand what the, the meditation <clears throat> piece for me is really understanding how to really go with my what my body feels and in intuition. Because I think yeah. intuition, if I would have listened to my gut a lot of times, I think I would have avoided a lot of barriers and things that I, hoops that I jumped through, right? Um, although they made me where I'm, I'm it's where I'm at mm-hmm. now, but I do, I'm trying, now that I'm 30, I don't know, um, <laughs> I'm really trying to be much more, like work smarter, like you said, right? Like yeah. be more strategic and my next move has to be uh, the best move. My mm-hmm, next move better mm-hmm. be, what is that? My next move better than my...
0: Mine? wait my, my last next move, move or what is next, that my next my best okay we oh, gotta, you gotta just keep, you uh, yeah what I mean. I, right. yeah I got it
1: um yeah so I would say put in practices where you give yourself whether it's journaling as I do that too that's really important or you get your ideas out um and then I think reaching out to somebody who you see already doing some of the work that you like if you would wake up like and um being your ideal job think about that what would it be what would it look like what would it feel like would it be an office would it be outdoors like for me I can't go into an office like I can't see myself at a desk so guess what I already narrowed out I already took scratched out a hell of jobs and careers right <laughs> um but I love talking to people I love like I love the interaction so really sit there and think like what is it that it really fulfills me what am I really passionate about break that down to the most fundamental like whether it be like literally being in a sunny location right like well you're kind of narrowing some things down right even spaces cities you want to live in right Um, and then really sit there and put in these practices where you're figuring smart goals right so short term so by the end of this month I will go to two conferences I will go to one That's workshop so by, and then next month I'll put, go to two networking events for the field or I'll go volunteer at this clinic because I want to be a veterinarian and I want to go check out this vet clinic and volunteer, right? So you give yourself timelines so you're not just wasting your time either. Right. Um, say I'm going to do this for X amount of time and really stick stick with it. Because if you can't even stick with the small timelines, then, then you're not prepared for the life change, right? Like the right. commitment that it takes, the hustle that it takes to really change and really come into a career that's your life work. I think.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Now you just gave some yes. nuggets. Nuggets. straight. Some, yes. Throw uh, some bones. Throw yeah. some bones. No, that's that's great. And I mean, I, I could add on to that so, like, so much. And yeah. I mean, that's the purpose of this podcast. That's why, you know, I called it the, the Think Alpha Project is because, you know, obviously the word alpha, that that representing yeah. the best version of you. Yep. You know, the version of you that is affecting change, that you're living, you're self-actualized. You're living yeah. out who you want to be and who you are. Yeah. But it takes the work. It takes it takes what you're saying. Work. to get yeah. there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like discipline. Like I've realized that um, I've been relying a lot on talent. Um, and I think a lot <laughs> of, of us. Me? Right. Like a lot of a lot of us rely a lot on just talent. We're just good at this. So whether we try or not, this is this is we're just going to be good at it. But how to become great at it right and so like I think part of it is not just relying on talent you really have you really have to have systems you really have to have strategies skills that you put into place whether it's your calendar your night before the routines for me I like a little bit of a dive in mental health like I have anxiety and so for me like in stressful situations at the Obama campaign and things if I don't have systems routines in my life that I know are constant. Like my life will be like, ah, uh, like mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with it, right? So I think for me, having especially those that are professionals that have some sort of mental health that they're 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 struggling okay. with, they're trying to balance. Whether it's depression, anxiety, whatever it is, like having routines and having these systems and being and being admitting, like I have this challenge, I will get my anxiety will go off the roof if I don't do this. Being real about it and saying, and so that's how I control it.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's great. Mm. wow yeah. let's go stephanie <laughs>
1: so
0: that's awesome no i mean well i just wanted to say all in all um man this is great
1: yeah no i really love this is awesome and i'm excited for you to come on my woke talk uh podcast i mean which is it which is it's almost kind of the same um type of platform in terms of really trying to highlight dope work that people of color yeah. are doing around the country yeah. I think mine has a spin around having people add a level of consciousness into their work. So whether you're doing, you know, health, nutrition, whether you're doing entrepreneurship, whether you're doing education, you are you bring yourself and who you are and your community with you. And so I think um, that's what the podcast really aims is like, how do you do that? How do you go back to your community? What are you doing to, right? So, be, because it's trying to really push this idea and plant seeds that like, we're all doing awesome work. Yeah, but what good is it if we're not reaching back out, right? And,
0: that's so true i mean that's that's what it's gonna take though you know they always say it takes a village to raise a child yeah, each one it, teach one each one teach yeah that's how it is and yeah. everyone who's i know that even where i've gotten today is yeah. because i've been i've been pulled up by certain people right certain people i meet along the way They
1: believe you they believe yeah. in your potential even mm-hmm. before you have the experience right right like i have my mentor now elizabeth she has her own consulting work. She has uh, her own podcast. She has her own work where she like motivates and trains young women of color um, and leadership skills. But like she gave me that job managing 80 people at the age of 22, 23. I was like, how does she? She believed in me, right? Like she's like, you have the skills and the passion. I can teach you everything else. And I think it took her being first gen going to Harvard and understanding that, you know, somebody had to believe in her too. She's Latina one point. too? Yeah, she's Latina, first gen, went to Harvard, a D1 athlete, she's like, dope, she's um, a badass. Yeah, she's a dope, she used to be on the bus, yeah. Uh, but she, you know, it took somebody like her, her to be like, I believe in your potential. And I think when I interview people, sometimes I'm like, maybe they don't have all the experience in the world, but do they have the potential? And do they have the spark, right? Yeah, oh,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So okay, so where can where can we find you?
1: You can find me. Where can we <laughs> find me? Yeah. So uh, online, yeah. Instagram. I know so, you. Yeah. So my, uh, you can reach me on well, social media platforms. So either on Facebook, Stephanie Castellanos. I don't know how many other Stephanie. Castellanos But there's probably
0: on. a lot. But yeah. where where are you most active? Though? Are you? I Instagram. think it's on Instagram.
1: It's on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will post on Instagram. Stephanie Castellanos. C A S T E L L A N O S underscore um, you can, oh, definitely follow my, my nonprofit's organ, um, website right. um, and work. So we are official underscore C4, the number 4DE. Okay. Um, and you can go to our website, C4DE.org. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and then I also, I'm relaunching my own website. I had it up until a couple of weeks ago, but it will be launched by the end of the week. So probably be launched by the time you... Let's go, it. yeah. Uh, StephanieCastellanos.com. Yeah, sure. um, and on there you have... Um, a lot of the stuff, the work that I'm doing, following a lot of the workshops. You want to attend some of the workshops that I'm doing, get in contact with the podcast that it's, I'm going to be launching soon. Um, and then, yeah.
0: I'm excited so, about yeah, that. Excited. I think it's going to be great. I and you know what? And just so you guys know, like all this stuff will be in the show notes, So you guys will get it. You know, if you go onto the website. Um, you yeah. guys will be able to they'll be able to get all this on the, on the show notes. So oh, okay. even even when you when you launch, we'll put it all on there. too. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. So okay hit, hit me with the pound uh-huh, I appreciate uh-huh. that so I just want to acknowledge you all right I want to acknowledge you for first off being true to yourself that's number one okay because I I, I, I I really feel, yeah I really feel like in a world where honestly yeah. thing you know people are glorifying more of what you can yeah. buy on you and yeah what you can you know you're embracing you've embraced who you are what you're good at mm. and you're using that to benefit others um and i i I just know that's the highest i feel like it's one of the highest forms of you being yourself yeah is that yeah no i mean
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah yeah so uh, just thank you for being a stand for Mm -hmm. for others i think you're thank you can i do that yeah i ain't done yet
1: what can i I I, can i throw that out there yeah fine all right i i was really excited to hear that you're doing this work so i'm just really excited to even be here this is like, this is you. This is when I heard you were like, yeah, of course. Like, this is, you know what I mean? There's just some things that people do that you're yeah. like, na- this is natural. Like, this is yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And um, it's really beautiful to see your friends who you've, I feel like I've seen you grow. I mean, maybe we didn't connect in person right. for so long. Well, I've seen you but grow you see each it, other yeah. grow through social media. And I don't want to say that I hate that because you don't really know. We need to make more of an effort to connect with people outside of social media. But I do think seeing your growth in transition and I mean even before nursing like right this is when you were still an undergrad stepping at the step show you know
0: I was killing it you I was killing it <laughs> you remember that good good as long as you remember that
1: yeah but no thank you yeah
0: yeah absolutely so I'm um, looking forward to everything you got going on and yeah I hope uh, I know you're running for office too you didn't mention that oh I didn't mention uh, that uh, let's how mention how that, before that before.
1: yeah. So part of the work um, that I've been doing is really to get in touch with my community again. So I've left, and since I've left, you know, I can say I'm from Inglewood. I but I've you know haven't really lived in Inglewood um, other than after college I lived in Inglewood um, in a couple of years. Since I was in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, part of that calling was for me to come back into my community. And so um, the Inglewood has been going through a lot of transitions. Um, really are going to be the next what people call Echo Park, Boyle Heights, where they're Uh, getting gentrified. And I'm somebody who's organized in Inglewood, somebody who grew up in Inglewood, somebody who um, really has uh, literally all my tias, my tios, my grandparents live on one literally within blocks of each other. We're all like in in the same district. Um, I don't want to see my community change in the ways that I know that it's going to. And so, I'm loving politics, loving, you know, I've always thought I would like go into office at some point, I never thought it would be this soon. Um, But I really am exploring the idea that, you know, there's an open seat in my district. Um, The person that's been in the seat has ran for three elections unopposed, has won won each election by less than 700 votes, meaning, One, it's a bigger issue. It highlights a bigger issue, which is civic engagement in my community. People don't vote, right? That's a problem. But the other thing is that, you know, is just business as usual has been happening in our community for too long. And um, that's not what's really been uplifting our community. We haven't really seen a lot of change. Um, And so I've been having listening tours where I'm going to all over the community, talking to people, seeing, what really matters to them and right. building a platform around really the people, my my tios, my tias, my church, right, you know, everywhere exactly. that, yeah. um, and so I'm hoping that the election comes down in April of 2019 um, to be one of the youngest people ever elected as well as somebody who's homegrown, right? Like somebody who is from there, which mm-hmm. um, I think we need more young, Leaders stepping up to the plate. There are there are one of one of my friends, Giovanni, just ran for district one. Um, he didn't win, but I think it's about putting our names out there, just giving it a shot, and saying I have nothing to lose. Right. Um, I'm going in there to win. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'm going in there definitely hungry um, because I really feel like this is a very important election. Um, the metro is going to be opening up through Inglewood, mm-hmm. so we know what that does to communities. It's a great thing, but it could also, if not implemented correctly, could really harm the community. Um, you have the football stadium that's coming. It's coming, you have the forum, which has been bought by Madison Square Garden and has concerts all the time, which is awesome in some ways and respects. You have an outdoors, like similar to the Grove, that's going to be opening up with these bougie, um, bad and bougie, <laughs> bad <laughs> and bougie stores. You, have, you know, you already have the gap in my community. So I'm like, wait, what? The gap is here. Um, yeah. So I think it's time. Like, I think it's like it's either now or never. Um, so I've been exploring the idea. I've been talking to folks. I have um, a really good network of people who are already in office in, in LA that have been, you know, what is it like? What is a day in the life? Like really making sure that I'm being intentional about my next move. Cause it's a big move. It's a yeah. big move. And big move. a lot to think about, right? As a, you know, as a woman, as a Latina, as you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. and as a woman, as a Latina, Uh, before we say goodbye Mm -hmm. uh, give give our listeners a parting piece of guidance
1: a parting piece Piece of of guidance guidance. Mm. um that's a good question what would i leave off on i would say um you kind of already said this though and i feel like this is what i would say but I think it's really hard to stay true to yourself and what you're really passionate about. And I think um, I have a couple of trainings that really focus on like your culture, like building that, your cultural capital, what, mm-hmm. we're, our, what we already have. Right. And because I do a lot of work in like inspiring and coaching first gen students of color, I think my message really for them, I would say, because I think that we're starting school up and a lot of the times right now during this time, you're going to feel like you don't belong in that classroom. You're going to feel like, How did i make it here you're going to feel you're going to feel like who let me into this school sometimes or who let me into this class or how did i get into this major or how did i get this job right um and so we 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 have this like fraud we feel like frauds um and just know that you're not that's my last message yeah
0: wow awesome and on that note well i appreciate it once again and uh hopefully we do this this time yeah It'll be on yours.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully we
0: will. We will. Happening. It will happen. Okay, yeah. good. Shake it. Okay, well. Awesome. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right. I hope you guys enjoy that conversation as much as I know that I did. Go to thinkalpha.net forward slash iTunes and make sure you leave a review. Guys, it would mean the world if you could do that. Uh, if it's five star, if you like this so far, give it five star If you think it's trash, give me a one star. Whatever you feel is right, I just appreciate a review, okay? Thank you guys so much. You guys know what time it is. Let's go get it. See you on the next one. Peace.